Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com. And on Apple Podcast, we welcome you on a Wednesday. Thanks for joining. The American League Championship Series is set, and I can't believe it. I think I might actually puke. But the Houston Astros are going to host the Boston Red Sox in the ALCS. What a year for the White Sox as they were eliminated yesterday. Uh, let's talk about that. Chicago took a one nothing lead uh, right off the bat uh, of Gavin Sheets' solo shot early second inning. And then with the bases loaded the very next inning um, with two on and an 0-2 count, Carlos Rodon serves up a fastball and Carlos Correa made him pay. The White Sox could never recover. The stadium seemed out of it since the fourth inning. It was a disastrous game after the rain delay, which was supposed to be played the day before. We get the day, the, the day game the next day. Houston's able to make a pitching change. There we go. But I mean, are we kidding? Boston and Houston. Seriously. Neither team has a very good bullpen, but have overperformed in the postseason. Um, really, both teams starting pitching, in my opinion at least, is questionable. Houston's absolutely favorited there. And the lineups, I don't think, are as deep as what I thought the White Sox were. Um, the Yankees have a deep lineup, but they are a home runner bust team. We talked about them. The Rays have a very deep lineup. The Blue Jays have a very deep lineup. Listen, I, I I didn't think that Boston and Houston would be here, but they are. It just seems like, you know, these two teams kind of squeaked themselves in. They were losing series in September to uh, below 500 teams, especially Boston. I, I didn't think Boston would get past New York. They did. I mean, the American League, the whole American League has completely shocked me here in the postseason. So... I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't root for the Boston Red Sox. I can't root for the the Houston Astros. You kidding me? Cheaters? What? You want me to root for the cheaters? No. No, thanks. The series sucks, to be honest with you. Sorry, but it does. Boston and Houston. Couldn't have given me Tampa Bay. You know, I'd have taken Tampa Bay, Houston. I'd have taken that. Root for, root for the Rays. Can't root for Boston. Can't root for a team that I didn't have make in the postseason, especially a team in September when I harped time and time again 
That they kept blowing. They absolutely squeaked into this postseason. Now, give them credit where credit's due. They squeaked in. They got in by a game. Shouldn't have been in. But they have, they have totally made it worth their while. They absolutely beat up on the New York Yankees in the wild card game. And they took care of the best team in the American League with the most amount of wins, the Tampa Bay Rays. So, that, that, I mean, it's worth mentioning. We'll absolutely have the attention on the Boston Red Sox and the Astros in that series. Houston deserved to be here. I mean, they, they took care of their division. So, not taking anything away from Houston. And they, they beat the White Sox, who I had the best team in the American League. So, top to bottom. They, it didn't matter. They're, they're starting pitching in, in, in Chicago is better. The bullpen was better. It didn't matter. They got to them. You know, the, the only thing that I have to say about, the, the, about Houston is this whole season, it seems like it's like a revenge thing towards the fans and every ballpark. We have to show that we are as good as we say we are. We are great. The arrogance... The cockiness, everything. My only question is, if you're this damn good, why did you have to cheat in the first place? Hmm? Why? What was the reasoning behind cheating in the first place? No one was remorseful. In fact, everyone was arrogant about it and still is. So you may be as good as you say you are. You're still here. We get it. My question is the same. What was the point of cheating in the first place? Because now nobody likes you. Nobody can buy your crap. And now everyone is always going to wonder if you're cheating again. All right. So it was reported a couple days ago that John Gruden is out as Raiders head coach, which is ironic to this show because it sparks back a conversation that we brought up um, last week. So there was a tweet sent out by Gruden on Twitter that he stated his, uh, again, he was not fired. This was a mutual agreement. It seems like, um, again, nobody knows what was said in the office. No one says uh, no one knows what happens in, inside the Raiders organization, what was said in, in inside those walls that nobody's inside except for them. But the tweet said, I have resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. I love the Raiders and do not want to be a distraction. Thank you to all the players, coaches, staff, and fans of Raider Nation. I'm sorry I never meant to hurt anyone. And I don't think he did. Come on. I mean... You've never said anything that was a little over the top that you know deep down you did not mean. I'm not defending the guy. What he said was awful. I mean, we're not going to repeat what he said. You know what he said. But at the end of the day, everyone's human. This was a long time ago. Quite frankly, I think that it's a little unfair that it's it's being brought up now and again, he was not fired. 
All right. He resigned, but I think it's inevitable why he resigned because now, yeah, obviously he's just going to be a distraction. The Raiders are already going downhill after the three and and0 start. It's not looking great. What do you want to do? I'm not going to come on this show and, and rag on John Gruden. It's not what I'm going to do. There's no, I mean, he's going to take his, his, his punishment. I mean, that guy is going to be jobless in the NFL probably for the rest of uh, of his life. I mean, I, I can't see him getting a job anywhere in any organization, especially in the world we live in today. I I just can't see it. You, you, can, you can kiss broadcasting goodbye. He's not going to be back in a broadcast booth. I doubt it. I mean, really, I... I, I can't see him getting any job at any TV brand, you know, radio station, NFL. You know, if he wants to do something, he's going to have to do it himself. And he's got the following to do it. People will, you know, listen to a John Gruden podcast or, you know, go to John Gruden, you know, whatever. But the bottom line is you're a coach in the NFL. And regardless whether you were a coach in the NFL at the time or not, you know, back in 2011, John Gruden, I mean, not an NFL coach, but, you know, he's an ESPN broadcaster calling games on Monday night football. Listen, you may not have been in the league at the time. You still can't say that. You just can't. You got to watch who you say that to. Okay, like I said, we've all texted in a group chat with somebody our friend, a family member, and said something that you wouldn't typically say to the normal person. You're saying it as a joke. You're saying it, you know, you're not meaning any harm by it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm not defending the guy. But that's what happened. And he wasn't careful. And he's going he's gonna to pay for it. So me coming on here and grilling John Gruden isn't going to do anything. It's not going to help anybody. What I want to talk about is the Raiders. I want to talk about their direction. Because last week I came on here and called for Derek Carr's job. Not that Derek Carr is not a top 32 quarterback in the league. He absolutely is. He absolutely, you know, deserves to be a quarterback in the National Football League. Okay? Not just a bridge guy either. This guy deserves to have a a team built around him. But... Like we said last week, it's not with the Raiders. The Raiders play in the AFC West with the Chargers, who have Justin Herbert, who is younger than Derek Carr. They have the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, who is younger than Derek Carr. And they have the Broncos. Whatever, we won't talk about the Broncos. The Chargers and the Chiefs aren't going anywhere. As long as Patty Mahomes is under center, the Chiefs will be relevant, and the Chargers look like the best team in football right now. Okay? So, you're talking about a quarterback who now is going to have to get a new head coach. He already had to learn Gruden's system. Now, okay, he's in his 30s. Now he's got a new head coach. There's going to be a new offense, a new scheme, probably some new players, a new direction. 
Derek Carr is 30 years old. How long are you going to wait around with this guy? I mean, do the guy a favor. Don't crush him like Matt Stafford was crushed in Detroit. Do the guy a favor and move off of him. Las Vegas, you need to understand that you are not in a winning situation. And you are burning your quarterback. You're you're burning right through his career. Because he's never going to be able to get over the hump of Justin Herbert with the Chargers. And he's never going to get over the hump with Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs. All right? Rookie head coach over in in Los Angeles who is probably coaching himself into uh, coach of the year candidate. Just like Stefanski did as a rookie last year. And you got Andy Reid. In Kansas City. All right. Vic Fangio is is no slouch over there in Denver. And now you have to find a new head coach. So you already have the third best quarterback in the league or in the division. Now you're going to add a coach and he's going to be a rookie coach behind the three coaches that are already proved in the league. The direction just doesn't make sense to keep Derek Carr there. You have to move off Derek Carr. You have to draft his next guy. All right, you have to. You have to draft his replacement because these next couple of years, Kansas City's only getting worse. Every season, they are getting worse. It's inevitable. They paid Patrick Mahomes $50 million a year. Their team is going to decrease every year. The Chargers look like they are going to increase the next couple of seasons. Use, but the Chiefs during those next couple of seasons will still be relevant, like we talked about, because of Mahomes. You need to redirect your team and use these next few years and just accept the fact that the Raiders are not it right now. You're in Las Vegas. Go get yourself a new toy. Go draft a new quarterback in the first round. Sell some more tickets. Sell some jerseys. Get people hyped about your new quarterback. Win a couple of games with your new quarterback. Build through the draft. Here in a couple of seasons, you're in Las Vegas. You're going to attract free agents, okay? It's not going to be difficult to, to have guys sign there, especially if you have direction and you show that you are putting your your best foot forward and moving forward in the proper direction. It's okay to go back in the draft and grab a rookie quarterback. It's all right. I'm not at, I'm not I'm not telling you to go you know, crazy and go try to, you know, do the conventional way and go grab one of these former quarterbacks that was first round picks and didn't like, don't go get Mitchell Trubisky and try to bring him in and, and, you know, don't do that. Just go get yourself a rookie and restart. This is your time. You need a new coach. It's time to get a new quarterback. Let's make it happen. Because the Raiders cannot be bad in Las Vegas. It just won't happen. It just won't work. The Raiders will be good in Las Vegas. Give it a few years. They know what they're doing. And I believe it's time. And I believe they think and they believe it is time to now move off of Derek Carr. I expect a new quarterback under center next season. Another team that's going to have to revamp in the offseason is going to be the Milwaukee Brewers. They lost the series 3-1 to to Atlanta. 
They had home field advantage. They dropped one game at home, and and they gave both games on the road to the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta is going to finish the series three to one. They did it yesterday. You know, congratulations to the Braves. I had them preseason favorite in the National League. I thought that they were the best team in the National League in the preseason. Now, if you want me to be transparent with you, yes. At the All-Star break, I came out and said that the Braves, without Acuna, you know, I I don't see the additions that they made. And they made a ton of them. You know, they added a lot of dudes. But I said I didn't think that the additions that the Braves made was going to be enough to get them over the hump. Maybe the division. Because the Mets, as we know, are are not that. You know, the Metropolitans, very fraud this year. The Phillies, I mean, geez. They 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 couldn't they they couldn't pitch to anybody. They couldn't pitch to anybody. Nobody, Philly couldn't pitch to nobody. So the division was there for the taking. Washington was terrible. Miami was terrible. The division was there for the taking. Even when we got to the postseason, I just didn't think that it was a very good matchup for the Brewers. But I mean, I guess we're just gonna have to be honest with ourselves with the Brewers. What are they? The Indians. The Milwaukee Brewers this year were the Indians the last five years. Really good starting pitching rotation. Good bullpen. Like to lean on a couple guys. Andrew Miller, Josh Hader. The bats is the problem. There's a couple guys throughout the lineup. Christian Yelich, Francisco Lindor. You know, Daniel Vogelbach. Carlos Santana. Sure. You know, Willie Adamas, Jose Ramirez. That's about it, though. It's just not a deep lineup. It's just not a deep hitting ball club. And October is where the pitching comes out. But you still have to have the guys to put the barrel on the ball. Move the runners. Giants. I know the Rays are out, but Rays. You know, these teams that Astros... Who took care of the who who took care of the White Sox? These teams know how to put the bat on the ball. Okay, the Brewers—that's what they lacked. They lacked run support, just like the Indians. I I said it all year long. They remind me of the Indians, to be quite honest with you. They, they remind me of the Cleveland Indians. That's what I kept saying. They have Woodruff. They have Burns. You know, Indians had Kluber, Bauer, you know. Very, very similar. And I didn't think the Brewers would win the World Series. Didn't expect them to lose in the first round, but they did. And the Braves will see either the Dodgers or the Giants in the National League Championship Series, which, I mean, would be a hell of a series regardless. But I don't think that they have the pitching to get by either of those teams in a best-of-seven series. I just don't. I think whoever uh, wins in Game 5 in San Francisco between the Giants and the Dodgers, that's who's going to take it. And that's what leads me uh, to my next topic, Dodgers-Giants. We have a Game 5. We have a Game 5. It was inevitable. Okay, If you ask me, it was inevitable. You are going to get the best two teams in the National League, in a five-game set, two in San Francisco, two in L.A., one back in San Francisco. Now, yeah, 
The Dodgers should have wrapped this up because they won game four. They should have won game three. They couldn't get a run with Max Scherzer on the hill. And that will be the talking point if they can't win in game five. But they have the chance. Here is your opportunity. Now is your time. You've had all this talk, all this banter, all everything that was said in the offseason about you winning a World Series and how it was a fraudulent World Series, how you played 60 games in a regular season. It didn't count. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. You go into the season... Everybody hates you. Unless you're in Los Angeles or remotely close, everybody in the major leagues hates you. Nobody wants to see you win. Okay? The only team that's hated more would be the Houston Astros, which is ironically shaping up to possibly be an L.A. Houston World Series matchup. But the Dodgers here tonight, or not tonight, be tomorrow, you're going to have a chance. You're going to have an opportunity to now play the Braves. Probably a better matchup for you, L.A., than it would be Milwaukee. Because Milwaukee would be able to, you know, play chess with your pitching staff. But we've been talking about this for the last month on this show. The highest payroll in baseball. Supposed to be the number one team in baseball. Couldn't win their division. They could not win the division. They allowed the projected 75-win Giants, preseason projected 75-win Giants, they allowed them to go on and win the division, take the division by a game. The Giants beat the Dodgers in their last matchup of the regular season. It didn't matter. Remember? It didn't matter. It did not matter. And that's what I was told. We don't care about the we don't care about the West. We could care less about the West. We care more about having not to play a one game playoff than we do winning the division. That's what you told me, Dodgers fans. That's what I've been hearing. We you know, we didn't need Max Scherzer. We didn't need Trey Turner. Probably a good thing you got him. Sure, sure, sure as hell is going to need him in game five. And I don't know that Scherzer is going to be available. Maybe out of the pen. Maybe. Not starting. Neither is Bueller. It's going to have to be Julio Urias. And maybe Max Scherzer to come in and, and slam the door if need be. Trey Turner is going to have to come to play. Trey Turner is going to have to come to play. In this series, you know, the track track record for the Dodgers in this series against the Giants, they're not going to score any runs in Game 5. They didn't score any in Game 1. They scored 9. They didn't score any in Game 3. Blew up yesterday. What makes anybody believe that they're not going to lay the donut in Game 5 again? Seems like a trend to me. I I I don't know how to predict this series. I haven't predicted a winner once. Have not predicted a winner. Been watching this series, enjoying this series. 
Hell of a series. I love it. All right, hockey was on last night. VGK opened up against the Kraken. We'll talk about that here shortly. My eyes are glued to the baseball screen. Dodgers, Giants. All four games sucked. All four of them. All four of them. I'm falling asleep in the fifth inning. Waking up in the sixth. Goal! I got woken up last night in the sixth inning uh, by a cracking goal. Had two TVs set up. Turned the volume up of the hockey game. Goal! I mean, are we going to get game... Is game five going to be remotely interesting? Are we going to get a good game? I'm asking you, Dodgers. I'm, I'm talking to you, L.A. I'm talking to you. San Francisco's giving you a game. All right? So, what are we going to do, L.A.? What are we going to do? I'm tired of talking about it. I really am. I really am. We'll see you tomorrow night. Urias, who was the best pitcher all season long for the Dodgers, he's going to go on the bump. This is your chance. This is your chance. Or Friday's show will be all about the Dodgers and not the way that you Dodger fans want it to be. You can't lose game five to the Giants. You just can't. I said you couldn't lose game three. You did. I said you couldn't lose game four. You won it. Now it's game five. Do it. Shouldn't matter. On the road, don't matter. Who cares? You didn't need to win the West. Shouldn't matter. You don't, you don't need a home field advantage. You go to San Francisco and you beat the Giants because you have the number one payroll in baseball. You went out and added the best pitcher in baseball. You went out and added one of the best shortstops in baseball. You went out for no apparent reason and added Fat Albert. You're cocky. You're arrogant. Back it up. It's time. All right, so let's talk about the GOAT bracket. The GOAT bracket on the Burley Gunner Show. Let's talk about all eight. If if you're just joining for the first time, thanks. Um, but the, the GOAT bracket on the Burley Gunner Show featured eight of my GOATs that I've called the GOAT in their respectful sport, their respectful position, whatever. The eight were... In no order, Mariano Rivera, Tom Brady, Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, LeBron James, and John Cena. We had Tom Brady and Mariano Rivera in in round number one. Tom Brady advanced. We also had LeBron James versus John Cena in round number one of the GOAT bracket here on the Burley Gunner Show on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network. That uh, LeBron James, he advanced. Those two are on opposite sides of the bracket. This was a randomized um, bracket. The matchup that we have in round one today is a fun one. It's Serena Williams versus Tiger Woods. This is fun because this is these are two individual athletes. You've got Tiger Woods who has won 82. He's got 82 tour wins in his in his career. That's that's insane. He has 15 majors, okay, where he's won the Masters in 97, 2001, 2002, 2005, 2019. Yeah, come back. 
He's won the PGA in 99, 2000, 2006, 2007. He won the U.S. Open in 2000, 2002, 2008. He, had, he won the Open Championship in 2000, 2005, 2006. Okay? World Golf Hall of Fame in 2021. PGA Tour Rookie of the Year in 1996. Player of the Year in 97, 99, 2001, 2002, 3, 5, 6, 7, 9, 2013. Like, are you, and that's not even counting the PGA Tour Players of the Year. That's just PGA. Like, this guy has done everything in golf. Now, Serena Williams has done everything in tennis. She has 23 grand slams, okay? She has won a total of 73 single tournaments, including the WTAs, the WTA tours, you know, the the tour championships, all that. In doubles, she has 14 more grand slams. So 23 plus 14. I don't have a calculator. I'm not a mathematician. I'm a sports guy. Do the math. That's a lot. Okay? You are talking about the two most polarizing athletes that are in single one-man sports. Or in Serena's situation, one female sports. No team. But the winner, and moving on here in the GOAT bracket, will be Tiger Woods. And here's why. The resumes go hand in hand. But what Tiger did, what Tiger Woods did to golf is not quite what Serena Williams did with tennis. Tiger Woods made everybody, every man in the country, every male in the country want to go grab a golf club and swing it on the golf course. It's a, it's, it is a household thing for a man to have a set of golf clubs and, and go shoot around a nine or a round of 18 regularly at the golf course. Why? Because Tiger Woods made golf popular. I never watched golf. Ever. Never, ever. My dad had it on the TV screen every weekend during the summer. Every weekend. I only watched when Tiger Woods was golfing. That was it. Sunday afternoon, you know, we're, we're watching the Masters. Tiger Woods is in it. I tuned in. I couldn't tell you any other golfers. Now I can. But growing up as a child, Tiger Woods was golf. He was golf. You might as well called golf Tiger. Honestly. Because he is the greatest of all time, and he's probably the single, the, the greatest single athlete of all time that's not on a team. And he advances in the GOAT bracket because of that over Serena Williams, who absolutely deserved to be on this list. Absolutely deserved to be on this list. The NHL opened up last night. Hell of a night. 
It's going to be a hell of a year. The Tampa Bay Lightning, for the second year in a row, hoisted the Stanley Cup. And on banner night, the Pittsburgh Penguins came into Tampa Bay and spoiled it. With a packed house, nosebleeds were filled. Place was crazy. Place was loud. They hung a banner, and it wasn't even a game. 6-2 final. That's all she wrote. That Metropolitan Division is going to be... That's going to be a tough division for Pittsburgh. Um, For Tampa Bay... They're in, you know, an easier division. You know, they're they're with Ottawa. They have Detroit. They have Buffalo. You know, the the Habs are, you know. But when it comes to Pittsburgh, this was a big win, huge win. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come on here and 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 you know pull the fire alarm on the Lightning. Not gonna do that. Not gonna sound the alarm. Nope. Not gonna do it. You know, they are the best team in hockey as of right now. But the Penguins showed up, and, and they gave it to them. They gave it to them last night. And this was a key win because they gained two points, and they're 1-0 in the standings. This is, in my opinion, by far the toughest division. When you've, you've got the Penguins, you've got the Capitals, you have the Islanders uh, who get their captain back. You, you've got the Devils who were not great last year, but they spoiled some things at the end of the season. Uh, you've got the Hurricanes, who are going to be good. The Blue Jackets are going to be the worst team in this division. And you've got the Flyers, and the Rangers are going to be there with the uh, the Blue Jackets. But other than that, I mean, this is going to be a very solid metropolitan division and a very good win for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm not going to pull the uh, I'm not I'm not pulling the fire alarm on on Tampa. I'm just not. I don't care if they're six two. I, I, it just doesn't doesn't make sense to. I mean, you're in a, in in a, in a division where Toronto is really your own, Toronto and Florida. Boston too. I mean, this is a. I mean, this division isn't isn't like the Metropolitan. The Atlantic Division is. I see four teams that could win it, and I see four teams that could be at the bottom. So, that's just the way I see it. It was a, it was a great night of hockey, especially the nightcap. We saw the Seattle Kraken for the first time ever in game action in the regular season. They are 0-1, but they started the game down 3 to nothing. They stormed back, tied it, and then VGK took the lead again, and they hold on. VGK is in the Pacific Division with Calgary, San Jose, Vancouver, Anaheim, Edmonton, Los Angeles, and the Kraken. This division sucks. Okay. Vegas is going to run away with this division. They were they were in the uh the with the divisions being mixed up because of COVID. They were with the Avalanche last year. They don't have the Avs this year, and I don't think the Avs are going to be as good as they were last year. But I mean Calgary Calgary's not going to win this division. San Jose's not going to win the division. Vancouver's absolutely not winning the division. Anaheim's not. Edmonton's the best chance. Los Angeles stinks. And Seattle probably is going to be the third best team in this division, honestly. I mean, I mean, Seattle in a very bad division. This is the worst division, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinions. This is the worst division. The Pacific, uh, I think Vegas is going to run away with it. And, and I think the Kraken are going to be there. I think the Kraken are going to make the playoffs. I think the Kraken might make the playoffs. Um, I mean, again, really good uh, performance last night. I know they were down 3-0, but 
That was a, and credit VGK. They they were you know firing on all cylinders. The first ten minutes of that ball game, they went out to an early two nothing lead, and and the crack, and then they got a three nothing lead. The Kraken did not fear that. They did not shy away. They came all the way back, tied it up. VGK won at home. Great game for the Kraken. Great game for the NHL. Thanks for listening. I'm out. Uh, great great show. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Here on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, and on Apple Podcast, The Burley Gunner Show.